Father, we acknowledge your presence here with us. Help us to be as present to you this morning as you are to us. Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see Jesus. Help us to sense you working in all the different things we have going on in life. Especially the things that are troubling, difficult, that raise deep questions in us. The things that cause us to feel like we're at the end of our rope. Thank you that there's no such thing as the end of your rope. So throw us a line this morning from your rope. May we sense you in a profound way this morning as we get to know you more. For your kingdom's sake we pray. Amen. Does everyone have a bright, beautiful post-it note? Two is even better. Two is okay. Does anybody not have one that wants one? Tamara? Um, there's not many choices of color. Thank you. Remember when little kids would write, kick me on post-it notes and put them on people's backs? That's not what these are for right now. I know some of you thought, of, who thought about it? Come on. Only me? Simon, I know you thought it. No, I know you didn't think it. Here's what I'd like you to do with your post-it note. If you have a pen, that would be helpful. If you don't, you could borrow from someone. On your post-it note, and feel free visitors, even if you're family, feel free to participate or not participate. Um, if you haven't had a chance to meet my great aunt and great uncle and I guess, I, well, I call her my aunt, my mom's cousin. Yeah, so good to have you guys here. Your smiley faces. So here's what I'd like you to write on your post-it note. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about the Holy Spirit? When you think of the Holy Spirit, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? It can be a, and the more concise you can say this, the better. So if you can do it in one word, that would be amazing. If you need a couple words, that's fine. But what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the Holy Spirit? And if you need to draw a picture, if you can't, if you can't find a word, go ahead and draw a picture. Do you have it? If you don't have it yet, you're thinking too hard. So, or you don't have a pen. <laughs> now that is an excellent point. If you don't have a pen, Bree can take care of you. 
Yeah, so the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to share them just yet, so just hold on to those. But when you think of the Holy Spirit, does it just put a smile on somebody's face? How many of you it just makes you kind of smile? How many of you it makes you go, hmm, I'm not sure. How many of you both? A smile with a little bit of perplexity. It's interesting, the Holy Spirit for me growing up, I, I told some of you, those of you that were here last week, I saw these two extremes of response and understanding of the Holy Spirit. And I think you could kind of summarize it this way. On, on one side, I saw a lot of people that had experienced these really sensational, kind of over-the-top, very experiential expressions of the Holy Spirit, and that became a really important, um, that became like the thing they ran after. And it, from an outside point of view, it almost looked as if they were just trying to use the Holy Spirit to get their next experience. Is it okay if I say that? I just did, but I mean, are we? But have you seen that before? Where it looks like the Holy Spirit is kind of this ticket to a Christian Disneyland-like experience, where you just kind of go to get your Holy Spirit fill, and then you just kind of move on from there. But then on the other side, some people see that and they react to that or overreact to that, and, and so the Holy Spirit gets kind of relegated to the dark corners of Christianity with all the crazy uncles, as Joseph calls them, and the, the creepy experiences, and so the Holy Spirit kind of just in our theology and in our practice kind of cowers over in the corner, kind of thinking, I'd like to play, but we're like, uh, but you're a ghost, and we don't play well with ghosts. And so we have both of these extremes. So is there a way to find a way in between those two things? I feel like, now, this may sound like bragging, but I don't mean to sound like bragging, because I'm kind of new to this whole vineyard thing. But it, from what I've experienced, it seems like the vineyard seems to do that middle road well. Anybody else feel that? Now, some of you might be thinking, I don't know yet. I haven't been around long enough. But I wanted to talk for a few minutes about, I, I don't know why I called it this. I think, okay, I do know why I called it that. The secret life of the Holy Spirit. I thought, you know what? There's so much more to the Holy Spirit than speaking in tongues. And I don't know, for some of you, I don't know what you wrote down or what you think of, but I know for me, in a lot of conversations I have, the first thing people think of when they think of the Holy Spirit are those over-the-top experiences. And I thought, those can be great, but we're not here to talk about those this morning. What I wanted to take some time and talk about is the personality and the person of the Holy Spirit. Because I feel like the way forward between these two extremes of being creeped out by the Holy Spirit or using the Holy Spirit as some ecstatic experience 
is actually acknowledging the Holy Spirit as a person. And that might sound like the most commonsensical thing you've ever heard, but if we look back over our time growing up, was that really emphasized in your church experience? I don't know. I can't answer for you, but for me, it was not. The idea that the Holy Spirit was actually a person with a personality and needs and wants and desires and feelings was a radical, revolutionary concept. One of the things I think, one of the the hard parts is we don't really have a name for the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit feels very distant. Any of you ever feel that? It's like, well, you have Father. You can say, hey, Father, Dad, Papa, whatever you, you know, some people have different words they use for, for God the Father. But it feels very intimate. It feels very close. And then we have Jesus, which it's not hard to call somebody Jesus. But then you're like, the Holy Spirit, if you have a B in your name, I don't know. I mean, does it sound super warm and endearing? Hey, my name is the Chris Fela. Okay, I'd like to get to know you. My name is the Victoria, right? Because you're Victoria. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's these, we have these things where we don't really, it's like the Trinity is so personal, except for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets experienced more like a force, or I was actually walking last night um, on the phone with, with Brandon, and I walked underneath this huge, I guess it's called a transformer, right? Not like Optimus Prime, but like one of those big power transformers, and this thing is just crackling over my head, just, just going like that the whole time. It kind of makes you think, man, I just want to go up and touch that. But this thing is crackling like crazy, and I was like, I think that's what some people feel like the Holy Spirit must be, is just this impersonal kind of zap you when you get too close, kind of force or field or, or entity. And some people take it a little bit more personal than that. I mean, St. Augustine. He referred to the Holy Spirit as the bond of love between the Father and the Son. Have you heard that before? The bond of love between the Father and the Son. Now on one level, that's really beautiful. But on another level, if someone like the Holy Spirit is reduced to a bond, then we're running the risk of losing personhood. Any of you find yourself kind of trying to find a way through these things? What is the Holy Spirit really like? How do you relate to the Holy Spirit as a person? Now, Nathan this morning gave me the key. I was thinking this whole time, okay, how... Now, I'll be honest with you. To talk about the Holy Spirit is really daunting. It's incredibly intimidating. It's like trying to describe Moro Rock and the waves and the ocean to somebody that has never been here and never even seen the ocean. Would you ever feel like you're doing it justice? But you kind of have to try. So let's move forward with the awareness that I'm totally going to fall flat when I try to do this. Even if I hit it out of the park, it would still just fall flat. So put your expectations through the floor, please. But my hope 
is that this morning, through what I have to say and through what you wrote on your post-it notes, that we can come one step closer to a longing for encountering the Holy Spirit as person, with personality, desires, wants, longings, even with pet peeves, if we could use that term. You with me? So what I'm going to do is I'm probably going to use more scripture this morning than I've used the whole year up to this point. Maybe not. If you guys are keeping track, then you can let me know. But the secret life of the Holy Spirit. We're going to take a kind of a broad view of some of the scriptures, the picture the New Testament paints for us of the Holy Spirit. Over the next couple weeks, we're going to look in the Old Testament and we're going to ask some really fun questions. And I won't tell you totally what those are, but I'll just say this. I was processing with Sarah one of those things yesterday, and she looked at me and she said, now if this is true, this changes everything about me. And Siri is totally in the conversation. Nathan's figured out Siri. They have a cute little relationship going. Um, all right. Focus, Christopher. So one of the first things that I want us to know, and I think that, that we need to know about the Holy Spirit, is that the Holy Spirit is committed and dedicated and set on bringing us to a place of freedom. That the Holy Spirit is absolutely set on bringing us into an experience of liberty. Sometimes we have this fear, if I give myself over to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to get embarrassed, or I'm going to have to do something that I'm going to make myself look like a total fool. I don't know what to say about that, except that I believe that the Holy Spirit is absolutely committed to us being free of everything that would hold us back from seeing ourselves, the Father, and Jesus as we and they truly are. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Holy Spirit is a liberating Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit is, there is joy. I love this line about Jesus. It says that he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. He didn't just have this general vague joy. But in the Holy Spirit, this joy bubbled up inside of him. At that same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Where's Naomi? There she is. You should teach next week, sweetie. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. But Jesus gets overwhelmed with this joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. I love this one. We're going to a barbecue this afternoon. And if you like to host, I know that the Seraphims are really, really good hosts. Who else? How many of you like to have people over and like to host and, and create parties? Yeah, Tyler, Brandon, yeah. We have some really good hosts here. I believe that that's a ministry of the Holy Spirit. Inviting people into party. My personal opinion, wherever there's party, the Holy Spirit's there. If, now, okay, now, you could totally just throw stuff at me for saying that, but you know what I mean when I say that. I believe that the Holy Spirit is for life, for fellowship, for communion, for connection. I think that's what this is all about. For the kingdom of God is not found in food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
I know that I often used to equate the Holy Spirit and God's presence with the opposite of joy. Remember any of you had the experiences growing up where outside of the church building, there was all these things, righteousness and peace and joy, and as soon as you walked in the church building, there was like a joy vacuum. Don't smile in the presence of the Lord. Now, reverence is a beautiful thing, but if it's not reverence, Undergirded by joy, I don't believe that's the kind of reverence the Holy Spirit is looking for. Stop it. You're going to get a spanking. I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. Think about this for a minute. For those of us that are tempted to think of the Holy Spirit as the force, you know, like on Star Wars, which I'm really excited about the new Star Wars movie coming out, but I don't think we should be looking to it for cues about what the Holy Spirit is like. When's the last time you saw the force in Star Wars grieved? You can't grieve a force, but you can grieve a person. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you are marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Think about this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Oh, by the way, do not quench the Spirit. So this Spirit, now this, somebody once called the Holy Spirit the modesty of God. I love that. Because I think we're, we think that the Holy Spirit's kind of a showboater. Wouldn't you think that when you read through the book of Acts and when you come to some churches and you see certain expressions, you think, oh, the Holy Spirit likes to be in the life of the party and likes to be the center of attention. It's actually not that way at all. The Holy Spirit is more the modesty. The Holy Spirit likes to set the table and hide so that Jesus and the Father are seen. The Holy Spirit can be quenched. I think that Jesus gets really protective of the Holy Spirit. You want to know what makes me think that? It's kind of like a don't talk about my mom kind of thing. Like It's different, boys. You would say that different about your dad from your mom, wouldn't you? Like Somebody talks about your dad. You're like, oh, my dad can handle his own. You go talk to my dad about it. Somebody talks about your mom. That's the thing you just, now, I might be getting ahead of myself, but look at what Jesus says here. Therefore I tell you, People will be forgiven for every sin and blasphemy. But blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Yikes. Now, can I just say one thing about that? If you're concerned, and this makes you sad and scared, you probably don't have to worry about it pertaining to you. Is that fair enough? Did that make sense? If you're worried about this, you probably aren't guilty of it. And guess what? Okay, that's going to sound so bad. I was going to say, if you are, there's nothing you can do about it anyways. But that sounds really bad. How did I even think that? That's horrible. No. Oh, my goodness. I was up really early this morning. But Jesus, what I get out of this is Jesus is very protective of the Holy Spirit. He's like, don't do that to the Spirit of God. I don't think this is one of those verses that's meant to make us afraid. 
kind of like Ananias and Sapphira. How many of you read Ananias and Sapphira and it just fills you with fear? So I'll ask you this question if you're ever worried about that passage, Ananias and Sapphira. Have you ever lied to the Holy Spirit? And have you lived to tell about it? So I don't think we have to worry about those things. But anyways, that's a little bit of a rabbit trail. My point is, I believe Jesus is very protective of the Holy Spirit, and it's almost as if there's a sensitivity and a modesty to the Holy Spirit that often gets missed in the midst of the dynamite firecracker type experiences. The Holy Spirit gets called these tender names. In this translation, this is the New Revised Standard Version, gets called the Advocate. But some other translations for this are Comforter and Counselor. You don't go to the force to get counseling. Yoda does. But you don't go to some entity, some impersonal, non-personal entity as a counselor, comforter, and nurturer. But think about the tenderness of the words that Jesus uses. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I've said to you. Now this is the point that I wanted to get to. This is to me what the Holy Spirit is really all about. And it's, it's illustrated beautifully in what Nathan was doing. I'm going to show you some scriptures. I believe that the Holy Spirit's number one priority is to take us by the chin, point us to Jesus and the Father and say, look, that's who they are and you need to realize who you are in them. Jesus, it's like what Nathan was doing this morning. Where's Don? You're sitting back there. I don't know what happened with you and Nathan. It's just like this. Didi is what he calls me because he's still working on daddy. He's telling you guys, this is my daddy. This is a picture of the Holy Spirit. That's your daddy. Do you get it? Do you see it? He walked over to Sarah. Sarah was standing over by the coffee and Don was back over here. And I don't know if you guys had some kind of interaction, but Nathan looks at Don. He runs all the way over to Sarah and starts pointing to her saying, Mama, this is my mama. Don, just, I want you to know this. This is my mama. And he kept looking back at you, huh? Like, are you watching me? Because I'm showing you who I belong to. And then you guys saw me, right? I was sitting up here when Aaron was doing announcements and we're trying to focus on announcements when then Nathan runs up and he comes and sits on my lap and he starts pointing at my face and looking at everybody else. Pointing at my face. Yeah. Dude, you're such a gift to us. I think that that's a picture of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, let me climb into your circumstances. Let me get into your situation and let me point your chin and your eyes towards Jesus and his Father. And when you do that, everything will be okay. See? And when you try to take me away, everything will not be okay.
We have a lot to learn about the Holy Spirit, don't we? Let me show you a couple more verses. Thank you, Chris. And then I want to hear what you all wrote. And then I, I want us to just be able to absorb a little bit this thing that Here we go. This is what Chris was saying. Romans 5.5, 5, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. If you've ever experienced God's love, guess who was there facilitating that experience? The Holy Spirit. Now in the vineyard, and I, I talked to Mike and Betty about this because I wanted to get some perspective, and they aren't here to defend themselves. That's why I'm doing this now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I have so much, I have nothing but respect for Mike and Betty, but in the vineyard, one of the things that I've noticed is that they refer to some of these, <coughs> excuse me, experiences of the Holy Spirit as power encounters. Have you heard that term? Power encounters. I would like to propose an alternative term. Love encounters. Because power isn't necessarily what all of us are wanting to submit ourselves under. And power has been misused and abused and can be equated with oppression. The Holy Spirit, yes, comes in power, but it's always power animated by and undergirded with love. And I think that what we're looking for as a church is not a power encounter. When Jesus was lit up by the Holy Spirit through his whole life, remember, this dove, the Holy Spirit comes in the form of a dove over Jesus as he's baptized. And then... It says that the Holy Spirit sent him out, like thrust him out to the wilderness, and translations say Jesus was sent out there to be tempted. I don't think that's what the Holy Spirit was doing. I think the Holy Spirit was sending Jesus out there to clarify his sense of identity and calling, because isn't that what happened to Jesus? If you are truly the Son of God, and Jesus said, yeah, I am. And as he overcame the enemy's three temptations, he comes back into ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. And people are set free from demons. People are healed. People are raised from the dead. And yes, it's powerful, but it was always motivated by love and by desire for freedom. You need to get that? Okay. I can't believe somebody's phone rang. It just means you're popular, Chris. A couple more. We can pray in the Holy Spirit. Rand and I were talking about this last night. There's a different thing from just kind of praying and actually almost, and I encourage you to think about this. Think about what it would look like to imagine yourself kind of sitting into, leaning into the Holy Spirit as you pray. The Bible tells us that the Spirit is praying for us, making intercession for us even when we don't know how to pray. The Spirit is praying for us. Some of the best prayers, I think, are just, uh, Spirit, help. Because the Spirit knows what we need, even when we can't articulate it. I think we'll land on this one for now. The Holy Spirit will glorify me because He will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now here's the question. What belongs to Jesus that the Holy Spirit will declare to us? 
unbroken, uninhibited, untouchable, unquenchable. Embrace love, affection, and peace from the Father. The Holy Spirit from all eternity has been caught up in a relationship between the Father and the Son that's so beautiful that we stumble over our very words trying to articulate it. And the Holy Spirit will stop at nothing till we see that we are caught up in that same relationship. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus because He will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit says, I know what you need. You need to see Jesus. And the Holy Spirit isn't daunted by our experiences, by our brokenness. I love how one of my friends said, I don't have the quote with me word for word, but essentially he he calls the Holy Spirit the redeeming genius. Because the Holy Spirit can doesn't need to step into, is always in, but is in the midst of our deepest brokenness, our deepest hurts, our most profound longings, our messed up thinking, our blindness, and the Holy Spirit says, hey, I can help you find your way out of this back into the reality of the embrace of the Father in the Son. That's what I'm set on doing. Now sometimes that looks like a Disneyland experience, and sometimes... That doesn't feel like anything at all, but that's always what I'm doing. Can I tell you a really cool story real quick, and then I'll hear from you? You know I'm going to tell it anyways, of course. We've been through this before. So Friday, I drove over to Madeira just for the day to attend, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, When I was up in Portland, no, it was Father's Day, sorry. So, my stepdad, my stepdad, his birthday is June 20th, the day before Father's Day. He decided to spend his birthday and Father's Day going to visit his mom. He just had this sense that she wasn't going to make it through the year. So, he drives 10 hours to spend a weekend with his mom, who was not doing well at all. She could barely breathe, she had emphysema, just was, was really struggling. He spent this beautiful weekend with his mom thinking she might not make it through the year. He gets home. Three days later, he gets a text message from his sister. Mom's in the hospital. She's not expected to make it through the night. So he debated, do I go back? He's torn. I want to preserve the memories because he just had this beautiful time with her, and now she's not lucid. She can't recognize anybody. She's basically just... Wasting away, just barely holding on. He says, do I go back because I want to preserve the memories of this, but I also know that she would want me there by her side. She hangs on a little bit longer, and finally he makes the drive 10 hours back, just praying the whole time, just kind of thinking, all right, how is this going to work out? Because these memories were really important. This is the lifetime of his memories with his mother, and, and they're about to be spoiled, in a sense, by seeing her on this side of death. He pulls into the parking lot of the hospital, steps out of the car, and his phone rings, and it's his sister, and she says, 
Mom let go. She just passed on. Now, he probably wasn't speaking in tongues on the drive over. He probably didn't have some powerful experiential encounter with the Holy Spirit on the way. But let me ask you this. Do you think the Holy Spirit was all over every detail of that situation? Or not? The Holy Spirit is about freedom. And I think one of the things the Holy Spirit wants to set the church free from is being caught in this conundrum of being afraid or being addicted to interesting expressions of the Holy Spirit and saying, hey, let me show you me. And as I show you me, I'll show you the Father, I'll show you the Son, and I'll show you you. And you won't regret it, and things will never be the same. Could that be our prayer as a church? Now, is that to say that we shouldn't be open to and invite experiences that are outside the norm with the Holy Spirit, of course we should be open to that. If the Holy Spirit wants to do it, who are we to get in the way of it? But do we pursue that for the experience itself, or do we pursue the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit do whatever he or she wants to do? That's what it's about. We have a few minutes left. I'd like to hear from some of you, and then I'll show you what we're going to do with our post-it notes. So, can we have a few people from both sides of the room and then the back? Who, who could share with us quickly what you wrote in response to the question? Excellent. Can I, can I make a quick statement about that real fast? Have you ever wondered the difference between conviction and condemnation? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, it's... It says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those that walk according to the Spirit. And then you say, well, what about if you're not walking according to the Spirit? Does that mean God condemns you? No, the whole point is that the condemnation doesn't come from the Spirit. It comes from the flesh and from the enemy. So when you're not walking with the Spirit, you open yourself up to that condemnation. But the other thing is, it says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world, sin, righteousness, and judgment. Conviction is always specific about behavior in an area God wants to heal. Condemnation is always general, and it comes from the enemy in our flesh, and it's the form of shame. Condemnation is you are a, or you are not a, and conviction is, hey, let's get you some healing there, because that's expressing itself in a really dysfunctional way. Let's fix you up there. Isn't that such an important distinction? Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. A couple more. Yeah, yeah Kathy. Kathy. Illuminator. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look at you overachievers. Yeah. So if you're new here, one of the things we believe is that the Holy Spirit has a place and that we all have a place in the Holy Spirit's life and everybody has something to say, so we open it up. Usually at the end, and almost always at some point, to hear what God's saying to everyone. So that's what we're doing now. So yeah, a couple other people. Yeah, Torah, what did you write? Gift. Excellent. Simon. I got two also. So inspiration and influence. Inspiration and influence. You guys know that the word inspiration actually comes from being in the spirit, right? Inspire in the spirit. 
Whenever you feel inspired, guess who's there? Thank you. Couple more. Pound. Feeling and hearing love. You start struggling for language when you try to describe the spirit, don't you? It's a liquid wind that's like fire. Got it! <laughs> Flying lava. And really quick, Robin, just one second. Going off of that as well. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. That's exactly the point. The Holy Spirit says, let me show you Jesus, the person who is truth. That's what the Holy Spirit is about doing. Pointing us to the living answer, as someone wants to do. And come back in two weeks. Come back in two weeks. And we'll talk about that. Um, and I read something cool last night that I couldn't just sit on. And it was this. It was in the same way that Jesus is the face of the Father, maybe the church is the face of the Holy Spirit. I thought, hmm, that would maybe change, and that's what I hear you saying. Jesus is the face of the Father, maybe the church is the face of the Holy Spirit. All right, Jared, last one, and then we're going to do something with our post-its. And unconditional. Great note to end on. Aren't we glad we have Nathan to show us what the Holy Spirit cares about? So here's what I'd like us to do, and I, I hope it will work because I'm not sure the material of that wall and how sticky these sticky notes are. But as we're dismissed, oh, well, a couple things quickly. Um, if you would like prayer, here's what we'll do. We have about maybe five or ten minutes before we're going to head over to the barbecue. So if you would like prayer, would you make your way to this side of the room, kind of by those three little pads there? And let's just, those of us that are kind of regulars and a part of prayer ministry here, will you just pay attention and see if there's anybody that goes over there, whether it's for healing or some other thing you need wisdom, discernment, whatever you need prayer for, that's the spot to go so that we know to step over there and pray with you. Um, everyone else, you're welcome to recaffeinate and get your things and hopefully you'll be able to join us at the barbecue but here's what we're going to do with our post-it notes we have a decent amount of space on this wall here so what we're going to try to do I realize that if we do this it might be really misconstrued as if it's kind of like homecoming week at school or something but what we're going to try to do is take our sticky notes and put them on the wall in the shape of the word spirit I hope they'll stick, but one of the things that we can do, and let's keep the colors in variety, but what I think it'll give us a chance to do is kind of take a look and say, as a community, what do we believe and see and think about the Holy Spirit? And, and I think we'll learn something as we're able to see that. So I invite you, after I pray, to make your way over and just kind of begin an S and then a P, and hopefully we spell spirit right. So um, that'll be funny if we didn't, but we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm going to pray for us, and then please make your way over there. Put your, add your sticky note to the wall, and yes, Torah. Um, what you can do is, yeah, just head, you're going to have to go up, around, um, go Island Street, so go down further. So go down 
go down Main Street north. We're not sure yet where we are, but we should be hard to miss. So there's two main options of where we're going to be. So I guess we'll find out once we get there. Um, it'll be either be up on the hill or down in kind of the little grove, the meadow area. But um, you can either park up on Ironwood. You'd have to go up and over Hemlock and back up around because you can't get through. Um, here's the deal. You could see the park if you went out this door and looked that way. It's right there. So I trust you'll be able to navigate. What's that? You can walk there. So there's a gate if you want. Um, but I hope you're able to join us. But I'd like us to, yeah, I'm going to pray. And then will you make your way over, um, put your thing up on, your post note up on the wall. And then if you need prayer, will you make your way over that way, please? Yeah, let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for the tender sense of your presence here this morning. You're aware of all the different things we have going on. You're aware of our, our obstacles and hindrances to knowing you and opening ourselves to you. And you also know the way that we need to be met by you. So would you encounter us in those ways and in those places? And would you give us a more full more nuanced, more dynamic understanding of not just what you are, what you do, but who you are, what you care about, and what that means for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you do such a good job of showing us the face of Jesus and the Father and our place in that. Continue that work in our hearts. And thank you that you're just as much a part of our barbecue as you are of this. And so we continue doing life with you. Thanks that we're in your midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, so thank you for being here. Thanks for your input, for your participation, for coming. Please go ahead and let's, yeah, go ahead and make your way over there and let's get those post-it notes. You guys didn't get them, huh? Um, go ahead and put your post notes up. If anybody would like prayer, will you hang out over by the blue pads and some of us will come join you and pray for you? Otherwise, we'll see you at the barbecue, I hope. Just, oh, yeah, we're just going to make our way over there right now. Yeah, yeah. We'll say noon. Yeah. What?